Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Broken Banquet, a podcast about missions. We are your hosts, Will Bailey and Dr. Ashley Goad, and we are so glad that you have joined us for another conversation about the church and missions, about what healthy mission relationships can look like, and as we hear from others who have dedicated their lives in one way or another to mission work. We're so glad you're here, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Hey, Ashley. Hey, Will. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm fine. It's good to see you again. And you as well. What's going on in your world? You know how a couple of years ago I started trying to learn Arabic? Oh, yeah. Shukran. And yeah, you're you're welcome. Off one. Um, <laughs> so it's been kind of frustrating because I live in Costa Rica and I live in a small town in Costa Rica. And so there's just, there's not a very large Arab speaking population in San Isidro, Costa Rica, which may lead some people to question, so why is Will trying to learn Arabic? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And that's a whole nother story. But the fact is, I am. And uh, it's it's been frustrating. Um, I think my progress would have been a lot faster if I was somewhere that I could actually talk to people on a regular basis. So yesterday, I was on my way home and uh, stopped at a convenience store. And I just realized that the rest of this story is going to sound really cliche. And that's not, I don't mean it that way. <laughs> okay. But um, so I'm standing at the counter getting ready to pay. And I noticed that behind the guy that was that was ringing me up, there was a, a little banner hanging there that had Arabic words written on it. And so I said, hey, is that yours? And he turned around and, and said, yes. I said, do you speak Arabic? And he said, yes. And I was like, ah, and I'm off to the races in my, you know, six-year-old Arabic speak. So it turns out this guy's parents are both Syrian. 30 years ago, they immigrated to Venezuela and then at some point moved to Costa Rica. So um, I, I had a little Arabic conversation with a convenience store clerk in San Isidro, Costa Rica. And so now so, you're going to uh, go back every day just to at least have that's a little right. combo? Yeah. Yeah. Um, think of excuses of why to stop at the, the, <laughs> the store or maybe, you know, maybe invite him to a cup of coffee. And But anyway, it was just kind of cool and bizarre all at the same time. Oh, sure. And from his point of view, maybe he was like, oh my <laughs> goodness, I got to speak Arabic with somebody. He just looked really confused. Um, <laughs> he's like, where are you from? And I was like, oh, I'm from the United States. And you're learning Arabic? I'm like, yeah, I know. I know. Oh, that's fun. great. That's great, Will. I wish I had a good yeah. story like that to tell you, but I don't have a good story maybe like next, that. Maybe you. next time. <laughs> maybe I'm really excited. Time. You know, Nate and Whitney and Lane, Finn and Henry will land in Shreveport tomorrow. Very good. I'm pretty stoked about this. Hey, maybe we should have another episode of The Broken Banquet that involves the Hutchisons. Oh, that would be great. Like a reunion episode. Like a reunion episode. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And and I think it's cool because it sort of exemplifies your relationship with them as a family of missionaries that are part of your global mission partnerships. 
the fact that they have come all the way from New Zealand and will be doing all kinds of church stuff with you and all the rest of their church family in Shreveport. That's great. Oh, yeah. That's a good... Will, you you so package things together so well. <laughs> I wish I could turn it off sometimes. <laughs> You know who There's else? some things that just don't need packaging, Ashley, well, and I true. tend to want to package them, and it's not always the best. Okay. Yeah. All right. Who's our interview with today? <gasps> we have Olga, Olga Fativa on the podcast today. Olga is a mm -hmm. great friend of mine from Yekaterinburg, Russia. She mm -hmm. is married to Eager. They have two children, Ivan and Ava, and they're wonderful, wonderful human beings. I've known uh, I've known Olga for oh, almost ten years now, and she was my translator when I went to Ekaterinburg for the first time. And I we had kindred spirits just from that very first moment. I've loved following along in her life because I, I got to meet her as a single person and then she was here in Shreveport and a day had gone by and she finally said to me, Ashley, you have not noticed the ring on my finger. And she had gotten engaged to Eager and could not uh, wait for uh, wait for her wedding. And so now to see her and Eager married and then um, now they have the two kids. It's been so beautiful to watch her grow in her faith, grow a family. It's just she's such a beautiful human being. And uh, weren't you involved in in their wedding somehow? You know, I, I wanted to be there so badly. And so Pastor Alec, who I just adore, uh, he put me on FaceTime in his pocket. And so I got to be there for the wedding and he walked her down the aisle. So I literally got to walk her down the aisle to Eager and uh, Pastor Andre did the service. Uh, it's just such a beautiful moment. Was his phone like peeking out of his pocket like a yes. lapel? Like yes. That's, uh, yes. that's, <laughs> that's <awesome>. exactly it. <laughs> that's exactly it. So. Yeah, every once in a bit, it would rub up and I would be inside his pocket and then I would uh -huh. you know, kind of like knock on the microphone and say, uh, hey, I'll I'll <laughs> but then I got to go through the receiving line. It was so great. Oh, gosh. Oh, that's funny. Um, that's funny. So we get to talk to Olga today and, you know, I just chatted with her last week um, and she was so excited for Orthodox Easter, which was a week after our Easter mm -hmm. here. And um, their church had triple the amount of people that were there from last Easter. So they're just growing and growing. And they had nine baptisms on Easter Sunday. And so glory to God for for those wonderful things. And I was so glad that we got to celebrate that with them. And because that was on a Sunday morning that I received it because we're uh, 12 hours ahead or behind. And so at church that day, I was doing the prayer. And so I got to share that celebration mm -hmm. with our church uh, that they had celebrated baptism. So welcome to the family. Welcome to the kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. And that's good for you for keeping that stuff in front of your church, that these relationships aren't just something that are on paper, but they're actually real and are part of church life. And you know, we've talked before about how do you make missions part of liturgy in your worship services? And when during prayer, you bring your Russian brothers and sisters into the sanctuary and are praying for them, um, yeah, that's exactly what you're doing is you're bringing those mission relationships and commitments into 
the liturgy of your worship services, which is super. I do love them. I love all of you. These are people I love. It's good to be loved by First Church Report. Yes. Yes. Well, friends, Broken Banquet listeners, it is our pleasure to introduce to you on this episode of The Broken Banquet, Olga Fativa. Hey, Will. Hey, Ashley. Guess who we have on the podcast today? I don't have to guess, Ashley, because I can see her on my screen right oh, in front of us. It's so exciting. We have Olga Fatima. Hello, Olga. Hi, everyone. It's wonderful to have you on The Broken Banquet. And and can I just say really quickly before we get into the interview, for the first time ever, Ashley and I are actually sitting in the same room while we're recording an episode of The Broken Banquet because Ashley is in Costa Rica with us right now with... Uh, some members of her church, and we've had a wonderful week abiding together. Ooh, that's a good word, Will. Yeah. Good word. Yeah, that's mm. yeah. I think it is a good word. Mm. And it just worked out that uh, while we're together in Costa Rica, we could also have some time to abide with our friend Olga in Russia. In Russia, Yekaterinburg, Russia. <laughs> so I think it's a very special episode. So you're it together. is a very special one. <laughs> Very special. Well, I first met Olga about 10 years ago. 10. How oh, is it wow. possible that, for it to be 10 years ago? Um, it was a cold, cold, cold February. Yeah, I remember. In 2014. <laughs> I guess that's nine years. But the first thing that I noticed about Olga was the warmth of her heart, even in the midst of that cold, cold Russia winter and uh, her hospitality and her openness to sharing who she was with us. And um, I will never forget riding in the car with her the very first day. And she said, so what's your story? And I was like, I don't really have much of an interesting story. My you know, great, 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 great grandparents came over from England and they settled at the church that I grew up in. And well, that's pretty much, and I just went there for the rest of my life. And so I kind of always known Christ and I don't have some great story. And Olga said to me, and I'll never forget this. She said, that's the best story I've ever heard <laughs> because we, I don't know if you remember this at all. And she was like, because we don't have that here. We don't have that here. People didn't grow up in the church that their great, great, great grandparents went to. So how exciting it is to know that your family went before you and paved the way for you to have a relationship with Christ. And that was that was one of the most meaningful moments of my life, Olga, to re, to reframe my story like that uh, through your eyes. So thank you for that. Well, wow. thank you, Ashley. And how cool that Olga's children and Olga's children's children yes. will be able to have a story like yes. Ashley's. Like, how yeah. cool is that? That yeah. you guys, Olga, you and Eager, mm -hmm. and the church community that you are in are going to be able to provide that mm -hmm. for your for your children and for future generations. Yeah. Very cool. When I started hearing about Olga a few years ago, just through Ashley and as these different uh, global mission relationships were taking shape through First Church in Shreveport, and then got to meet you and your husband, Eager, in the Holy Land in 2020 when we were there together, which was a super exciting place to get to meet all of these different partners. And then got to see you all again just a couple of weeks ago in the Holy Land again. So I don't know if I'm ever going to make it to Russia or if you're going to ever make it to Costa Rica, but it would be fine with me if we just keep seeing one another in the Holy Land. I'm, I'm okay with that. <laughs> 
we're going to get to you, Olga, I promise. But I want to apologize to our listeners. I'm not sure if you can hear the noise in the background. It's not just the dogs today, which I think everybody by episode 20, whatever we're on, is used to the dogs in the background. But they're harvesting the sugar cane that surrounds the Missions and Ministry Center in Costa Rica. And so there's tractors pulling trailers full of sugar cane up the road right by my office. So it's probably you're going to hear that rumbling yeah, we hope. Uh, continuously today. So my apologies. There's just not a whole lot I can do about it. They started at 530. Oh, that's yeah, early. 530. Yeah. Another reason why I don't live at the Missions and Ministry Center. Okay, Olga, it's your turn. You want to give us a little idea of who you are? And I love hearing your story of coming to Christ and coming to the church. So will you share that with us? Yeah. Okay. Um. Uh, Now I'm 37, and when I was 21, uh, one guy invited me to the church, to Pentecostal church, and I've never heard about such churches before it. So I, sometimes I went to Orthodox church, maybe once a year or twice, and that's all. But then... um, I went to the church and it was it was my first coming to the church and you know before it I was in university and I thought so much about the meaning of our life and what will be after life on the earth and I read so many um, books about philosophies on something like that and uh, I've never got the answers to my questions you know I've, I've never read something I really agreed and mm-hmm. when I went to the church the first time I just sitting on the my chair and heard the preaching and you know I just got all answers all my questions I had and I understand that um, after this in the church actually I was sitting there and I just understood that that's my place you know I've I don't want to leave it anymore and uh, I want to know much more and I began to read the Bible after that and maybe months later i uh, began to start uh, visiting home group and have fellowship with people from the church but before it i decided inside my heart and myself for myself that that decision is really um, right and i want to do it and when my friends that time um, didn't understand why I did it because um, for that time there are not many churches like uh, Methodist, Pentecostal, Baptist Church. It's not very popular in Russia. <laughs> uh, and people uh, thought it's a sect. And when they understood where I was and what, and what kind of church, they uh, thought that I had problems 
maybe something um, happened to me <laughs> and something wrong with me and uh, they try someone tried to help me someone uh, just stop having fellowship with me <laughs> and especially my parents they were very afraid of uh, where I was in what church and my mom she came to orthodox priest and asked about these churches and he said oh yeah sure she's in sect so just save her save, save her right wow. now yeah and um, they came to me uh, I didn't know about that didn't expect them they came to me and said you go with us right now and we went to Orthodox Church for the bishop who talked to me maybe about three or four hours with to me and my parents and he tried to try to explain that I'm in sect and I will have so many problems uh, because of it and of course my mom and my dad they thought that I will give all my money to the sect you know and everything I have actually I didn't have anything but anyway uh, <laughs> uh, because I was a student in university it was funny from the one side and um, I agreed to meet with this priest uh, twice a week to just to talk and he said I and he said to my parents that I will meet her I will talk to her and just check everything going on in her life and I will call you and they they agreed and came back home and we decided to uh, and we started meeting with this priest and actually he uh, came to our church and he met our pastors and he was on the Sunday service and Actually, I think he liked the church because after <laughs> such <laughs> after such meetings with priest, Orthodox priest, the Baptists and Methodists and Pentecostal churches had so many problems after such visiting because of uh, some mm, how can because after the Orthodox people came to the church, such churches uh, after them. Uh, people from the government begin to come, you know, and just check everything, the documents, the everything. And it was really big problems. And uh, some churches are just closed because of that. And when he come to our church, it was, it was very easy. And he talked to our pastors. And after that, maybe two weeks later, he just disappeared, and after that, he called to my parents and said, mm, don't worry, you know, the Orthodox Church uh, was a sect in the beginning, too, so don't worry, she's fine. <laughs> Olga, that's so interesting that I don't know if it felt like this at the time, but just hearing you tell that part of your story, and I'm sure there's, I mean, there's so much that I just, I don't understand because of you know, where I grew up and how I grew up yeah. and all that. But, but what that priest did sounds so pastoral to me. 
that he would was willing to go and instead of just writing it off and saying, no, they're not like us. So it's bad. And Mm -hmm. she, she's lost her mind and you Mm -hmm. need to get her out of there. Mm -hmm. But instead took the time to go and see and learn and engage. And so just, I wasn't expecting this. I wasn't expecting it to go that way. I was expecting it to be problematic, but it actually, it's, it sounds kind of pastoral. It's kind of what you hope would happen. So, yeah, thanks for sharing that. That's interesting. Yeah, our pastor just didn't expect that, too. Yeah, because it was unusual, really. So I thank God for this priest (laughs) and uh, for this situation. And actually, my parents, after that, they really stopped worrying so much. And some of my friends began to uh, come to me to the church maybe months or two later and they had so many questions for me about that too and they decided to see where I was and someone uh, really accepted this. And not too long after you made this decision uh, to follow Christ, you became almost immediately involved in your church's leadership. You want to talk about, about that a little bit? When I was in the first service, I understood that that's my place. Now, uh, after that, um, <clears throat> it was very quickly for me to um, begin to serve at the church because the decision I was made, it was, you know, um, actually, I want to share with my first revelation, you know, when I uh, had problems with my parents about the church and everyone was... Uh, talking to me and said that it's uh, you will you will have problems in the sect and so on and I decided to think maybe I, I am wrong you know I began to doubt and one day I went from my parents house to university to where I live and I asked God just please show me uh, what what do you think about that? And, you know, that time, I was the, it was the first time for me that I really heard from him, the message from him. It was exactly the scripture in Holy Bible. It was in Luke, and it was written that uh, who are not against me, they are for me, Jesus said. And it was answer for me that everything's fine, and that's my that's my way, and I can I can go on, you know. And after that, I was just open to do everything uh, I was asked for <laughs> at church, and I began to knew God more, and I wanted more and more serve Him you know, to him and to the church. So the first of all, I, I worked at the charity center. They uh, help to help orphanages, uh, people, people and children there. And after that, uh, the pastor asked me to be a secretary at church and I agreed. And after that, I began to serve at Mercy House for disabled people, old and young, and elderly people. And so I was involved in um, 
life of church from the early morning to every evening, you know, and the, it was, I wanted so much. So I knew that God gave me the gifts, some gifts, and I want to, I want to serve to him with these gifts, not in the world, but in church. Olga, is that typical of the churches in Russia that they're that involved in sort of social ministry, working with orphans, working with people who are disabled? Or is that something that was unique to the church that you were involved in? Um, it not. I think it's not unique. It depends on church. Some churches uh, usually help disabled people in orphanages and mercy houses. Some not. Some uh, have some rehabilitation centers, you know, from drug gearing, alcoholic people. And uh, uh, the Holy Trinity Church, that time I was there uh, in, in the beginning, they uh, have... They, they had um, the fund who helped to children or orphanage, uh, in orphanage. Yeah, and I helped them. But uh, as for Mercy House, it was idea that just I've got from God, I believe. <laughs> because I was the first from the church who decided to go there. And after that, we just have... Uh, 20 people in our team who did it. What I think I appreciate about you so much, Olga, is how you've been able to walk alongside people in all of their stages of life. So whether they're children at the children's home at Mission Possible, whether they're uh, the Mercy House residents, whether it's uh, the ladies and families you go to visit and take food to, these relationships are what drive your ministry and and how well that you have come to know them and that they are part of your of your circle. So that when I came to visit for the first time and, and many others have come to visit, you you include us and make us part of that family, of that circle. And they know you so well and trust you that they feel comfortable enough for us to be able to come and to meet with them and to see them too. One of the big premises of this podcast is all about how relationships are, are vital to creating the kingdom of God here on earth. And so as we come into relationships with one another, um, we all come to the table and bring something special and unique to the table. And so what I've appreciated about you is how you have created a table where everyone is welcome. So when you were seeking to, to start out in your ministry and your serving roles, did you know that relationships were going to be the most important thing that you do? Yeah, sure. When I uh, decided to serve in different social projects, that's, um, it's not... Um, it not, it's not enough when you just share uh, about cheeses with people and just and just went, you know. And uh, you cannot just talk about that. You have to show them and you have to have fellowship with them. And especially uh, people who live different life. Um, for example, in mercy houses, they uh, don't have relatives 
who love them, who um, cares about them. Uh, we can show them that Jesus love, loves them anyway. And despite on people don't, you know, and he cares about them. And um, he can um, see that through us if we're um, if we didn't give up, you know, and just be with them. Like, uh, it's your favorite thing about abide with people. It was uh, the same with us there, for example, in Mercy House, that we uh, abided with them, you know, and we just uh, were together. Sometimes we just drank tea and talked about Jesus and read Bible and um, they were in our houses and just uh, spending uh, night in our house just to see how they, our life is different, you know. And uh, just we, for example, you know, we just pray, you know, several times a day, I mean, before before eating or in the evening or in the morning so we just asked god about something and <clears throat> it was it was a um, special time for them i believe that so yeah i think the uh, it's very it's very important to show not not only talk about jesus but uh to be with people Olga, I know that Ashley has been to visit you on a number of occasions, and I know that she's brought members of her church in Louisiana with her sometimes to visit you. What does it mean to you and your family? What does it mean to your church to have those visits from this church in, in the United States that you have a partnership with, where maybe they're not necessarily coming to do something but they're just coming to, like you said, to abide with you. Mm -hmm, what does that mean mm -hmm. to you and your family and to your church? Actually, uh, every time it was uh, encouragement for us uh, to just to, to be with these people, you know, to just uh, share with each other our maybe testimonies and just uh, I like to have to talk to these people and it was very important for us for church and for people in our church just to hear your stories you know it's different and your culture is different and we could see jesus touched you in what you do what you do for them in your country in your culture and it's different and it was interesting but sometimes i felt in the other way just we're really one family you know because jesus did us the one family because of his blood you know and his cross and it was very important to know this so if what you feel like you get from these visits is encouragement, what do you hope that Ashley and the people that are coming with her to visit you, what do you hope that they're getting? What do you hope that they're learning from their brothers and sisters in Russia? I hope the people who can see other people who fire for God, 
who wants to do his work here, it's encouragement for everyone, you know, who loves God. And when they come, I think it was important for them to hear maybe some revelations from us too about God and what he did in Russia. And sometimes just to know that his will to do it, to go on to do it. I was going to say too, one of the things that I've learned from the Russians that was such a really good reminder of me from your church and your church family was that Christianity being a disciple is my identity. It's not just a part of who I am, but what Mm -hmm. you all have taught me, it, it is everything that I am. And I think that so often in a Western culture, it becomes just something we do instead of something we are. And it's such a good reminder for me as I visit with you and as I visit with First Methodist Yekaterinburg and Holy Trinity Church, how I'm reminded that what you bring is such a passion and an identity in Christ um, as opposed to just something we do. Did I mention to you, Will, that, you know, Olga is one of the ones that I've had the most uh, adventures with in life? Oh, geez. Are we going to talk about Nutella massages again? (laughs) Well, I was just going to say that, you know, we went to the World Cup together. Uh We watched the Mexico-Sweden World Cup game Mm -hmm. in Yekaterinburg. Mm -hmm. Um, We have jumped out of an airplane together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, there was the Turkish bath. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think that Olga and I may have the uh, the corner on adventurous relationship. Mm-hmm. You can have it. But I think that's wonderful. And I think it kind of gets to one of the things that we've talked about so often, that these relationships aren't just based on the things that we do, but they, they're based on being together and being together even for people who are involved in full-time church work doesn't mean that's all we do you know like you say it's who we are but within that there's also time to do things like jump out of airplanes and get Nutella massages and go to soccer games and experience that fellowship time together and some people choose to do it in more extreme ways than others but to me, that, that whole family aspect and, and the getting away from the transactional nature of mission relationships. If your relation, if First Church Shreveport's relationship with Olga's church in Russia was just based on funding programs or building things or whatever, then you wouldn't be jumping out of airplanes together. But because it's based on friendship and companionship and abiding, then there's room for that real life stuff in there also. And so I hope that that's come across that there needs to be balance in those things. We need to have fun together. We need to get into trouble sometimes together. We need to do that stuff in the midst of the way that we're serving one another and serving the communities around us, you know, at the same time. I'm never going to jump out of an airplane with you, just so you know. Oh, well, fine, fine. <laughs> I will say, too, that Olga is one of the... You made me feel so incredibly special the day that you got married. And of anything, you should have been concentrating on the dress and walking down the aisle and marrying this man. But 
it was important uh, that I got to be there. And so Pastor Alec had me on FaceTime in his pocket. <laughs> and so I got to be part of the entire wedding. And it was so very, very special. I will always remember that day and how happy I was for you and how special you made me feel on your wedding day. So, Yeah, it was wonderful to have you on our wedding. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, I didn't mention this in the Holy Land episode that we've recently recorded, but one of the other favorite moments for me about our last trip to the Holy Land was the fact that you, Olga, finally got to meet my wife, Yolanda, And there was even some time when Ashley, your group had already left for Greece, but Olga and Igor were still in Jerusalem at the same hotel as us. And so we bumped into them several times during this last day when they really didn't have anything to do. And, and they got to have some prayer and fellowship time with Yolanda, which was wonderful. Um, th this family that is being built through these global mission partnerships just continues to grow and, and, Uh, those connections continue to be made. So I'm, I'm very thankful that, that that happened. It wasn't something we had planned on. It was just the way that schedules worked out. And I uh, appreciated you and Eager's warmth towards Yolanda. And she was so excited to finally get to meet you all. And oh, that was too. just a wonderful blessing. I was so blessed to, to know your wife and just in personal you know not only in zoom meeting <laughs> right it was a very good time yeah well we appreciate you being part of the broken banquet podcast and sharing your life journey and your relationship with jesus and how we've come into fellowship with each other so thank you i know it's late over there so thank you for taking your time are the kids in bed oh yeah Yeah, we can see the clock on the wall behind you. You know, it's nice. It's 11.30 in the morning here, but it looks like it's 10.30 at night. Yeah, time. yeah. So thank you for being willing to do this so late and uh, for spending some time with us today. Thank you. Thank you so right. much. Well, bye, Olga. I'll see you soon. Bye, bye, Will, even though I'm sitting beside you. Yeah, you're not going anywhere. <laughs> bye, Olga. Thank you. <laughs> bye. You've been listening to The Broken Banquet, a podcast by Will Bailey and Ashley Goad. Music provided by Irene and the Sleepers. Join us next week for another episode. He's prepared the table. All things are ready. Come to the feast.